Well, good morning, Grace Point. Um, my name is Josh. I'm the lead pastor here. If we haven't met, I um, hope we can before um, you, you leave today. It's so great to see you. Um, is it, who, how many of you are going to Wild Goose? Are, are there some of you who are going to Wild Goose? Yeah, good. It's gonna, uh, this will be my fourth year, I think. And I'm always reluctant when people want to describe an event and say a good time was had by all. Like, I feel like that's a little presumptuous unless you poll everybody. Except Wild Goose, a good time is had by all, so hopefully you'll, you'll be able to go. Um, our students are heading downstairs. If you're um, a high school, middle school student and you want to be a part of that, you can follow them right down there. And um, as we jump in, before we jump in today, it, it seems like almost, and it's not every week maybe, but it seems like every week you, you turn on the television and there's been another tragedy. Uh, and, and not just a, you know, an unavoidable tragedy, a tragedy that could have been avoided course, in Virginia Beach, there was uh, another mass shooting. And if a statistic I saw is correct, it was like there'd been 150 mass shootings in our country in 150 days of 2019. Um, I'm, I'm starting to believe that thoughts and prayers may not be enough to fix it. Um, and so as, as we gather together as a community, one of the things we try to do is we try to hold all of the goodness and all the joy and all the pain and all of the, the suffering in the world uh, and, and among us. And so I just wanted to, before we jump into the, the teaching today, I just wanted to take a moment and give us just some, a couple moments of silence, and then um, I'll, I'll say a few words in prayer, and then we'll, we'll jump into our teaching together. Ground of being, source of life the one in whom we live, move, and exist. We, we live in a world that is beautiful and wonderful, and there's so much goodness and so much to explore and create, and at the same time, we live in a world where we take those creative impulses at times and do just terribly destructive things with them. So today, we grieve uh, alongside the human family for another mass shooting that has once again taken innocent lives. Give us the courage as people, as a society, to do what needs to be done. Um, give us the courage to really begin to ask questions around why this is happening here. And give us the courage to craft bold solutions so that we don't have to keep doing this. As we take a few moments today and we, we think about what it means to be a community, um, just uh, may we have open hearts and open minds and open hands toward one another. We're grateful. And everybody said, amen. amen. So we've been in a series, uh, I think this is my seventh Sunday, and we've been in a series the whole time called Contagious. We've been thinking about what it might look like to create an epidemic of goodness in the world. Uh, and I wanted to wrap up this series today by talking about community, um, which is not just community. I think sometimes community is one of those words that we throw around that sometimes when you open the box, it has no content in it. Like everybody knows it's a good thing to talk about, but like what do you actually do, do with it? Um, and I was doing some reading this week on um, loneliness in our society, and I ran across some really interesting, heartbreaking stuff. The, and you can believe this, the average person in the U.S. has one close friend. One close friend. 
25% have no, what they would call, called confidants. They have no one to talk to, no one to be themselves with, no one to uh, be honest with. One in four, that's every, if you line up four people, one of those people have no deep, connected, meaningful relationships. They just don't have it. 75% are unsatisfied with the relationships they do have, which is interesting, because it makes you wonder if you're in a relationship with one of those people. Uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> like I've been a little suspicious all week when I've seen people like, are you, am I one of your, are you one of the 75% who are unsatisfied with this? Um, it, it's actually said that loneliness has the same effect on life expectancy as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Like just existing in loneliness has the same impact to shorten your lifespan as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Uh, Generation Z, which is 18 to 22 year olds, 68% of them feel that no one knows them. 68% of 18 to 22 year olds feel like nobody really actually knows them. I would be interested to poll all the other generations too and to see. Um, and it's partly because we've created this culture where we're encouraged to put on a facade, right? We're encouraged to pretend that everything's okay or to pretend we have it all together. Uh, we, we literally have a device most of us carry around with us all the time, that connects us to the entire world. We are more connected than ever. And yet, in other ways, we are more disconnected as a species and as a society than we've ever been before. It, it's sort of ironic, isn't it? That once you become connected to everything, in some ways you begin losing the sense of connection to the things and the people who are right around you. And what has been really interesting is if you've been keeping up with the research over the past several years is that participation in religious services and communities is continually on the decline. Like more and more people are opting out of religious uh, contexts. And it makes you wonder if they came there looking for something and they just didn't find it. Like they came looking for belonging. They came looking for something that would help them understand meaning. They came looking for a, a place to connect. And for some reason, Maybe what they found were rules, were unspoken expectations, were guilt, shame, like whatever. You, you can probably fill in those gaps. But what they came looking for, they just couldn't find. I think we have a chronic loneliness problem. And I don't know that that's true all around the world. I think there are places where people are probably doing this really, really well. But I think here in our country, we have a chronic loneliness problem. And what makes that chronic loneliness problem even worse is that the longing for community is, is like deep down human need. It, it's deep within us. We want to be in community. We want to be connected. We want to know and be known. This is why it, when Tom Hanks ends up stranded on an island, what does Tom Hanks do besides grow a wicked awesome beard? He takes a volleyball puts a face on it, calls it Wilson, and has conversations with it. How many of you, and you're just being totally honest because nobody's gonna judge you here, how many of you talk to yourself? It's terrifying. No, I'm kidding, me too, <laughs> me too, I do too, right? Yeah, we, we, we do that, right? You, we have conversations with it. When we're alone, we'll have conversations with ourselves. What's that about, the, the desire to connect? We're, we're so wanting to connect that we even try to connect with ourselves in some sort of meaningful way. In, in the story of the Bible, it begins with a couple different creation accounts. In one of the creation accounts, there's this line thrown in, uh, thrown in after the creation of the first human being. 
and it's this. The Lord God said, it is not good for the human to be alone. It's not good that the human is alone. Right? Early on, I mean, this is before any other, nothing else has happened except creation at this point, and the creator looks at the human creation the creator has made and says, huh, that's not right. <laughs> Something's off. This human is alone. And I know it sounds super religious to say, you know, all I really need is God. That's all I need. I don't need anybody else. I just need God. Me and Jesus, we got it going on, and I don't need anybody else. The problem is, our tradition didn't think that, and apparently in our tradition, God doesn't think that. Apparently in the tradition, God doesn't think God's enough for you. Apparently God thinks you need someone else. You need actual human connection. So today I want to think about what community isn't a little bit. I want to think a little bit about what community is. First, community isn't a vague idea. It's a tangible experience. It isn't ultimately a vague idea. Um, I've, I've been in pastoral preacher world for about 20 years. I grew up in church my whole life, but I've been a pastor, preacher, person for about 20 years. And when I first started coming of age as a preacher and I would go places, there was some key buzzwords that people would use to describe church, especially if you wanted to sound like hip and cool. Aren't you glad we've come that so far that nobody's, we're not doing that anymore? But we, we created these buzzwords that made us sound hip and cool, and we would talk about, we're going to do life together. How many of you ever heard that? How many of you said it and totally were believed, like, we're just going to do life together? We're doing life together. Come on over, we're going to do some life together. Did you ever stop and ask, what does that mean? What does it mean to do life together? Because what it usually meant was, we're all going to come to the same space at the same time on a Sunday morning, and we're doing life together. Do you go to the movies and at the end go, man, we just did life together? <laughs> no. I, we've gone to the same doctor's office and the same grocery store for long enough now that I start to see people that I've seen there before. And, you know, I, I never come out of the doctor's office going, I feel really connected to those people. I'm usually trying to avoid them and their sick children. I'm not trying to connect with them, right? I'm not. I bump into the same people. I don't know who they are. I don't know their names, but I know that they shop at Kroger. Are we doing life together? Because this idea that all it takes to do life together is to show up at the same place at the same time on any given Sunday, that's doing life like, that, that's not really doing life together. That's going to the same place. That's attending a gathering together. And that's important. And I think it's beautiful and meaningful. And it can be part of whatever the word phrase doing life together means. Like, this is a vital part. This is for so many of us. This is where we make connections. This is where we make friendships. This is where we get plugged into a care group where we're going to meet people who we're going to actually, don't kill me, do life together. Right? It's, it, it becomes a possibility. But I think we, we think in abstract terms about community, we think of it's this vague, ethereal notion. When what community really is, it's often a tangible experience. Community is like bread and wine being shared. Community is a casserole when you've been sick or you've experienced a loss or you've just brought a new member into your family, right? It's, it's something you can actually experience. Community is somebody who's helping you lug boxes on your move, right? And I bet you never throw this out while you're in the middle of it. Man, this is awesome doing life together, moving boxes, but that's what you're doing, right? 
Community is about a tangible experience where other people are actually in proximity to you. And even if they're not in the same room, you're on the same track and you're on the same journey and you're, you're keeping up with one another and you know what's going on. I mean, I, I, I think part of the, the sadness of some people feeling like nobody knows them, like who knows the difficult stuff about them? Who knows the tragedy they're going through? Who knows the experience of loss they're processing? Who knows that they are missing in a moment when they're actually not present? Like, who knows that? And community isn't just this vague idea of people showing up at the same place and getting a sort of a religious fix and then going back out into the world as, as anonymous beings. Community is about something more. It's about something, and, and it's, an, it's definitely emotional, right? Community, I mean, there was, we were finishing Reconstruct the other day and um, we were all getting ready to leave and I just looked around at the people who were there and I was like, I really like these people. I really, really like them. Like, they're really wonderful people. I'm so glad I get to do life with these people, right? Um, there's something powerful about that. It's emotional, yeah, but it's also physical, right? Community is a, an actual body being present when you need an actual body. It's somebody coming alongside. It's, it's an embrace around the neck when you desperately need human contact. So I think for us to really think about what contagious community would look like, we have to begin to sweep away some of the, being a part of a, a Sunday morning religious gathering is an important thing. It matters a lot to me. I, if I weren't a professional at it, I would probably do it for the rest of my life. Anyway, it means something to me. But the actual relationships that pull you through difficult times cannot be created and sustained in a simple Sunday morning gathering. Right, so it, it isn't just sort of an idea, it's something actual and tangible. I think community is about presence. Community is about presence. It's about being present. Community is about seeing and being seen. And what, what I've found is when community is really healthy, it is mutual. Right, so uh, everybody is giving and everybody is receiving. And as they give, over here, they're receiving over here, and then they give over here, and they're receiving over here, right? There's this mutuality. Community is about seeing. It's about seeing other people. It's about really seeing them. And I'm not talking about walking in a room going, hey, there's people. But it's actually about seeing that person. I, I, the number of times that you know, I've heard people describe a relationship and say, yeah, that person made me feel really seen. Right? It's sort of like when, when Jesus says to the Pharisees in John chapter 9, uh, he essentially applies, you can see, but you're actually very blind, right? Because sometimes seeing has nothing to do with vision and everything to do with actually appreciating a human being It's right in front of you. It's about seeing. It's about seeing the image of God in every single human being we come across. And are there going to be people that challenge you and push you to the edge of that? Yeah. 75% of us want better relationships, <laughs> right? Relationships are challenging, but really seeing someone, seeing them for who they are, seeing them as God's image bearer, seeing them as an important part of the human family, it begins there. But it's also about being seen, right? It's about you being noticed, about somebody seeing you for who you are and seeing the contributions you make and actually knowing that in this group of people, 
I am being seen. I am not just a number that's being tallied. I'm an actual human being, living, breathing, feeling human being, and I have a place. I, am, I have been seen. I, I think when you look at the statistics, that's what people, really what we're looking for. We're looking to be seen. And then community is also about knowing and being known. And when I talk about knowing, I'm not just like, hey, I go to the same doctor as this person. How many of you have this happen? You have lots of Facebook friends you've never met. Right? Anybody? And when somebody says, do you know so-and-so, the first thing I'll sometimes do is go look at my Facebook, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, we're friends. Well, but how are you friends? Do you know them? No, didn't know they existed before I did this search. Right? That's not being known, and that's not knowing. In the biblical tradition, Hebrew language, the word to know is the word yada. Any Seinfeld fans in the house? Yada, yada, yada. It's the word yada. It means to know. And here's what's interesting about it. It's used in all sorts of different contexts. And it isn't just used to describe like an intellectual knowing. Um, Like I know that it's hot today. It's not describing that all the time. It's actually used at times to describe the most intimate of knowing. Right? So the language in the Bible would be that that in Genesis 2 where we just were, it says that, that the man knew his wife, and the word know there implies an intimate relationship, right? And it's used in all sorts of other contexts between God and humans, between uh, diff- humans of different relationships, and it really just implies not just a superficial level of knowing, but a real, deep, intimate, connected sense of knowing. And, and I think we have so long lived trying to hide our baggage and trying to hide our scars and trying to put that right and proper face on, that we have lost, culturally even, a a little bit of what it means to to know and to be known. I mean, do you ever have that sense that if you just sat down with somebody and you just regurgitated everything about you that they would just sort of run away? Right? Like the stuff that even your closest people don't know, like that stuff? We're terribly afraid of being known at times, aren't we? And what that means is that we're also dealing with other people who are terribly afraid of being known. And yet community thrives and actually begins to, when you open the community box, there's actually contents in it when we actually begin to know each other. Um, and, and, and that's scary, and what we're not going to do right now is put a microphone up here and let you all come and tell your deepest, darkest secret. That probably would have very little participation. Um, but the reality is finding a safe place to connect with other human beings where you can begin to at least talk about who you are and what your journey has been and what your hopes and dreams are for the future, that can be absolutely life-giving. And ultimately, community is about giving and receiving, receiving and giving. Everything that happens in a community is about giving and receiving. When you spend time with somebody, you're giving them your time. When you contribute, you're giving a contribution. When you help somebody move, you're giving them some, some uh, muscle and elbow grease, right? You're continually giving. And the goal of community is that it would be this sort of reciprocal, mutual, everybody's giving and everybody's receiving and we're actually growing to know one another and we're actually forming meaningful relationships that are going to last much longer than uh, we could ever imagine, right? That will take us into the sunset years. That's what we're all looking for. We're looking for meaningful relationships. 
And that does not happen when it's completely a one-sided receive, 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 receive. Right, true community only happens when there's receiving and then there's giving. When somebody is investing something into you and then you're investing that right back into somebody or something in the community. That's what we're being, that's what we're ultimately looking for here, right? I love this from 1 Corinthians 12 when the writer Paul wants to describe, the church had been going through all sorts of conflict. They were conflicted about who their favorite pastor was. They were conflicted about all sorts of different issues. They were conflicted about the Lord's Supper and he talks about that. But in chapter 12, he actually says this line and it's absolutely wonderful. He says, you are the body of Christ and parts of each other. You are the body of Christ. You are the body of Christ. Now, with my Western individualized ears on, here's what I hear when I read that. I am the body of Christ. Right? Which is partially true. But here's the problem. This word you uh, in English, there's no way to know this without some sort of help in some sort of context, but in the language of the New Testament, the you here is plural. This is not you are the body of Christ. This is y'all are the body of Christ. You didn't know that Paul was a Southerner. Y'all are the body of of Christ. And so he writes this to a community, and get this, the community he's writing it to, he has just spilled a lot of ink saying, guys, you're so conflicted, you're so divided, you're doing stuff to hurt each other, you're living in ways that are unhealthy toward one another, this has got to change, and by the way, y'all are the body of Christ. That doesn't seem, that doesn't seem like where the letter should go, right? I mean, it seems like he should say, we're going to sing 47 verses of Just As I Am until you get right. You want me to call you the body of Christ? You better start acting like it. That's not what he does. He wades into a community full of mess and full of division and full of conflict, and he looks around at it, and he says, yeah, there's a lot of things we could do, but here's the good news. All that stuff notwithstanding, y'all are the body of Christ, and each and every one of you are connected to each other and connected to Christ. And you imagine in that community, somebody's going, what about him? Is he really part of the body of Christ? Because if not, can we kick, is he like a toenail? Can we kick him out? Is that, no, no, no. Paul's saying, no, that's not how it works. You, you all together, the beauty and the pain, all of it, y'all are the body of Christ. Which leads to some interesting, if you play that out, Leads to some interesting things of what it means to be in a community at all, right? We, we gather together and we're the body of Christ. We are the physical embodiment of the Christ in the world. And in just a moment, we're going to gather together and we're going to take some bread and we're going to dip it in a cup. And we're going to do something Christians have done for a couple thousand years, which is called communion, it's called mass, it's called... Uh, Lord's Supper, there's, there's a lot of names for it. But one, one of the things that we often think about and we come to that moment is that we're communing with someone. The, word com, the phrase communion, the word communion implies that you're communing, right? And I think one of the, and we're going to talk about Eucharist later in, more uh, about communion a little later in June, more in depth. But 
I think one of the things we tend to do is we, 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 create, we put the elements up, the bread and the wine, and then we build a big old fence around it. And we only want to let people in who have had the right amount of purity or the right theological belief. How many of you know exactly what I'm talking about? And it's not just a fence, it's an electrical fence that will shock you if you try to break in. And I think the thing we've missed about communion is when we take bread, it represents body. But who is the body of Christ? See, in communion, we're not going to a table trying to commune with something or someone who's somewhere else. When we come to this table, we are communing with each other. Because in this table, with these elements, in just a moment, Christ will be looking at Christ. You will be getting served bread by Jesus, and the folks serving the bread will be serving Jesus. Because we are the body of Christ. And each and every member of the human family is part of it. What does that mean for how we live in community with each other? I mean, can you, can you imagine saying, I just I really, I don't like my nose, so I'm just going to get rid of it. Or, you know, I'm, my eyes being, I'm going to get rid of it. No, no, this is about a whole body being brought together to do some good in the world. So before we come to this table today, I just want to say to you, if you are here today and you need to be seen, you need somebody to look you in the eyes and tell you that you, you matter, please reach out today for that because we have people all around this room who would love to do that. If you need to be known, then perhaps say, I, can somebody get coffee with me on Tuesday because I need, I need to be seen, I need to be known. And maybe you're here today and you're realizing, wow, wow, I'm so grateful to have been seen and known here. Maybe I need to start doing some seeing and some knowing. Maybe I need to take a step into real, authentic, messy, doing life together community. And if that's where you are today, then we have lots of areas for you to plug in and get involved in helping us love one another and shepherd one another well. Are you with me? So I'm going to offer a prayer. We're going to have our communion servers who are going to come. Uh, we're going to have our musicians come. Uh, and just a, a little bit before I pray of, um, of, of sort of uh, logistics. If, if you are coming from this side, if you'll come from this way around and receive and then go back to your seat this way and the same on this side. And I believe I've been told um, that the, the men who are holding the, the elements will have wine and the women who are holding the elements will have grape juice. So both of those will be available at both places, so feel free to um, use whichever that makes sense for you. So let's have a word of prayer, and, and then we're going to celebrate communion together. We are grateful for this table, this table that is open to every single human being. We are grateful for those today who will serve us bread and wine because today they are Christ serving us bread and wine. We are grateful today for those who will receive because it is Christ who is receiving. We are the body. Not once we get it all figured out, not once it's all, 
all the I's have been dotted and T's have been crossed. Right here, right now, with all of, all of the mess and all of the beauty, we are the body of Christ. And each and every one of us is a part of it. May we see and be seen. May we know and be known. May we engage generously, mutually with one another as we seek to live out a just and generous faith in our community, in our lives, and in the world. So grateful for this community in particular. For each and every human being, whether they're in this room or whether they're going to be listening later this week or whether they listen from around the world, they're part of the body here. We're grateful. We ask this with gratitude, and everybody said.